0: Hey guys, welcome to the Sola Scriptura series that we're kicking off today. For the next three weeks here at Three Circle Church, we're going to be taking a look at the Bible. And what we're going to call this series really is the idea of bibliology. What that means is like theology is the study of God and ecclesiology is the study of the church. We're going to study the Bible. We're going to learn a little bit about how we got our Bibles. But most importantly, we're going to learn why we should read, trust, and obey the Word of God. Now what does sola scriptura mean? Uh, This is what it means. It means all truth necessary, and we would believe this at Three Circle. All truth necessary for our salvation and our spiritual life is taught either explicitly or implicitly in the Scriptures. That's what sola scriptura means. We got the term from the Reformation. When the Reformation took place and the Protestant Reformation, what we saw was a, uh, a move to biblical Uh, fidelity, to making the Bible the thing, to to trusting the Word of God, knowing the Word of God. And so we grab on to church history right now at Three Circle with this series that we're in. And what I want to do over the next three weeks is I want to convince you that that is true. I want to convince you that the Word of God really is the Word of God. To help you understand a little bit about where it came from and why we believe what we believe, and most importantly, help you to love the Word of God. In other words, at, here at Three Circle, what we want you to do is we want you to value the Word of God, we want you to trust the Word of God, and we hope that that will lead to you obeying it. So again, we want you to value the Word, we want you to trust the Word, and then we want you to obey the Word. And that's what this is going to be all about. The, the book of Isaiah 55, 11 says this, So shall my word, be that goes out from my mouth, It shall not return to me empty, but it will accomplish that which I purpose and will succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Now right there you get some beginning points for what we believe about the Bible. It says here it went out from God's mouth. This is God speaking through His prophet Isaiah about His own word. And he says this about the Word of God, and this is why we hold so dear to it. It says that it never returns a void or empty. It says it always accomplishes what God purposes for it to accomplish. In other words, the Bible works every single time. Now I'm convinced that most Christians don't read their Bibles very much. And I'm hoping that that'll change for you during and after this series that we're going to spend these next three weeks studying. Because I want you to love the Word, to study the Word, and do the Word. We want that desperately. But what I understand is, if we don't convince you of, of the trustworthiness, the uniqueness, and authority of God's Word, you simply will not do that. So what we want you to understand is, God Himself said that His Word works. What that means is, the Bible changes people. It works every time. If, if married people will follow the Word of God, they have a great marriage. If you will do what the Word of God tells you to do, you will live a life of wisdom. You will live a full life. Even if your life is full of hardship, if you trust the Word of God and obey it, you will still find beauty, rest. You will find purpose in the middle of any circumstance in life if you live by the Word. That's the promise of the Word of God. It works every time. It transforms. And what we're going to say today, what we're going to spend our first week during Sola Scriptura studying is the idea that the Bible simply is special. It is unique. There's nothing else like it. Now, what the Bible does not do is it doesn't hold all truth. It holds the truth that God wants you to know. What we mean by that is we're not making a claim, and the Bible never makes this claim, that the only place you can find any truth is in the Bible. So let's get that out of the way right, out of the, right off the bat, okay? So we understand that the Bible doesn't talk about atomic bombs and atomic theory. It doesn't talk about DNA helixes. It doesn't talk about cell phone technology, right? And those are true things we know in our world. The Bible never makes that claim, so that's not a problem at all. What the Bible does claim is that everything within these pages is true and that the only way for us to know who God is, our Creator, which we would say at Three Circles is the most important question of life, the only way to do that is through the revelation of the Word of God. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive in now to week one of Sola Scriptura, and we're going to see why you need to love, trust, and obey the Bible. And today we're going to look at, we're going to look at the idea of the inspiration of Scripture. Next week we'll look at the infallibility and inerrancy of Scripture. And the last week, the third week, we'll look at the authority. So today we're going to look at inspiration. Inspiration. Why the Bible is unique and special. Let's check it out right now. So week one, we're going to look today at why the Bible is special. I want you by the end of this few moments we're going to spend together to understand that there is no other book like the Bible. There's never been a book like the Bible. There never will be. The Bible says a lot about itself. So what I want you to understand today is the claims that we're going to make about the Scriptures, the Scriptures have made about themselves. So the Bible makes claims that, that simply makes it impossible to just say it's a good book, a good moral book. The Bible claims much more than that. Let's look at another one of these very important verses. And this you could call really a foundational verse for what we believe about the Bible. It's found in the New Testament in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, Equipped for every good work. Now, just like in Isaiah, we get that same idea of inspiration here in the New Testament. It says, God breathed out the Scriptures. That is what inspiration means. So, when I use the word the inspiration of Scripture, what that means is God breathed out His Word. Now, we use that word inspiration a lot in our culture, and I want you to understand that, that we're not talking about the same thing. So I've seen, I, I love ball uh, uh, sports, right? And I, I used to be a huge Michael Jordan fan, and his game-winning shot and the entire game he played against the Utah Jazz in his final game, in his final championship, we all said that was an inspired performance, Right. That was incredible. No other athlete uh, had done something quite like that. It was amazing. Or maybe you've been to a Broadway show uh, and, you, and you walked away going, that was incredible. I can't believe how incredible that was. That was inspired. Or maybe you hear a song and you go, that writer, that musician was inspired. And all of those things, that's fine to use that word in that way. I just want you to know when we say the inspiration of Scripture, that the, the, the Scriptures are inspired. We don't mean that same thing. We don't mean that they're great and and wonderful. They are those things, but we're talking about a very technical theological term that sets it apart completely. When the Bible says it's a living document, that it's alive, that it does things, that it's a two-edged sword, all those things, that comes from this idea of inspiration. Inspiration means God breathed out His Word. Now the Word itself is a little bit problematic because it says, Inspire. The idea is within that you're breathing in, but the the theological term means that it was actually coming out. It is the Word of God, and so we believe in inspiration. And we want you to understand that this idea of inspiration means that there's nothing else like the Bible. We believe in the inspiration of Scripture, which means God Himself breathed out the Word. Now, let's spend a few moments diving in even further into this idea of inspiration. So, when we say the inspiration of Scripture, what we mean is that God Himself superintended by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God Himself, superintended over human authors to write down exactly what He wanted written down. He wanted written down His revelation, revealing who God is. The Bible contains everything we need to know who God is, to be saved, to be Christians, and to walk with God. And that's what it means to be inspired. Now, there's some different views out there about inspiration that are very problematic. I want to walk through some of those views right now. So let's take a moment and let's take a look first at wrong views of the inspiration of Scripture. All right, let's take a look at some often believed but problematic and simply wrong views of inspiration, okay? These would not be things that we believe at Three Circle. I don't want you to believe them as well, but I want you to be aware of them. The first one is mechanical inspiration. Now this is a widely held belief that what God did is He mechanically grabbed onto the pen, grabbed onto the hands of these human authors and literally just drew it out. That it was like God just taking them over and they had no choice in the matter and their personalities are gone and their context are gone and all of those things disappear and it's simply God using a person like a robot to write His Word. I want you to know that that is not what we believe. We do not believe in mechanical inspiration. The Bible itself gives evidence against that because when you look at the the books across this 1,500 years that the Bible was written, you will see they come in different styles, in different language types, in different uses of that language. You can see the personalities of the writers. You can see all of these different things. You see different uh, uh, genres of writing. So from the Proverbs to the Song of Solomon to poetry to narratives to historical narrative, you see all these things happen, epistles, theology... It's all there. So it was not mechanical inspiration. Let me, let me tell you another one. There's what we call dictation inspiration. Now what dictation inspiration is, is that God didn't grab onto their hands, but there's some that believe that God literally whispered into their ear by His Spirit that, that they were sitting there writing and He didn't make them robotic, but He stood there and spoke into their ears exactly what He wanted. So although they, they may have written it down, they weren't the authors of those books. And so we don't believe that either. Now, let, let me help you understand. That is closer to what we believe than mechanical inspiration. But dictative, uh, dictation inspiration is still not what we believe. We do not believe that God simply spoke into their ears the words that He wanted said. That is not what we believe. It's close but it's not there and it's very problematic. All right, there's another one. It's the idea of concept or idea inspiration. Now, this is one where people have a hard time with the Bible and they don't want to believe that all the Bible is true. So they say, well, what God did is He didn't really give words. It's not the specific words, it's the ideas. And now this can be a very attractive viewpoint because I've heard some people go, hey, the, the way you guys dissect the Bible, you're missing the point. The point of the Bible wasn't for you to look at every word God said and see what's going on there. He had ideas that he was giving us and you simply need to grab onto the narrative and idea. And there are some major Christian authors out there who I've loved a lot of their books who grab onto this because it's a very artsy way of looking at it. The only only small problem with it is it's totally wrong. Because see, here's the deal. Either God meant every word He said or He didn't. And again, I always go back to Jesus. You'll see us do that a lot today. Jesus Himself said that He did not come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill it and He said down to every jot and tittle. What that meant is every mark of every word matters in the Word of God. So we do not believe that God simply gave ideas and concepts to the human authors of the Bible and then said, hey, you guys use whatever words you want. No, no, that is not how it worked either. Now, there's there's one more I want you to know about and it's kind of hard to name it, but the idea would be the demythologizing of the Bible. Okay, So it's where people take the Bible and they go, hey, we think this was a good moral document. We think it says a lot of good things. But there's a lot of mythology in the Bible. So they take out the miracles and they take out the resurrection. They take out the Red Sea splitting. They take out all of that stuff, the demons, the spiritual stuff. They basically de-spiritualize the Bible and then they leave it as a, oh, it's a good book. Okay. The problem with that is, listen, the problem with that is if I can't trust the Bible in one part, I can't trust it in any and this is why it's a problem with, with uh, when people say, hey, the moral side of the Bible is good, but we can't trust it on geography and science, and there's no way to trust an ancient book on those things. The problem with that, listen, this is true, there has never been any science in the Bible disproved. There's never been any geography in the Bible disproved. None. Uh, so you can walk all the way through the Bible and you will find that its claim about itself is true. Everything within those pages is true. Not just the spiritual stuff. Not just the moral stuff. Also the geography. Also the history. It doesn't contain all the history of the world, but the history it does contain is true and that adds to the trustworthiness of the Bible. So what I want you to understand today when we look at the views of inspiration, none of those views would be what we consider the biblical view of inspiration. So with all that in mind, what do we believe about inspiration? I'll tell you that right now. All right, so then what should you believe? What do I want you to believe? What do we believe here at Three Circle about the inspiration of the Bible? We believe the Bible was superintended by God, verbally inspired by God. And we believe that the original documents when they were written down were originally fully, verbally inspired by God. That's important for us to understand. So that means that we believe that God did superintend to make sure that His Word was written exactly the way He wanted it. But He did it through, supernaturally, He did it through human authors. And that's a beautiful thing because that means that the Bible is beautifully diverse. It is unified like no other document ever has been, but it is also beautifully diverse in style and personality which is all the more astounding. There simply is no other document like the Bible ever. There never has been and there never will be anything like the Bible. The Bible is fully inspired. Jesus believed this, by the way. So if you wonder, well, what did Jesus believe about the Bible? It's real clear. First of all, as I quoted earlier, Jesus believed the Old Testament, preached from the Old Testament, and then He also told us, hey, there's going to be more. And the New Testament came along. And what did he believe about the Bible? Matthew 19, 4-5 gives us an idea. Because when Jesus quoted the Old Testament, He said something like this. This is a place where He did. He said, have you not read? So that's, that's Jesus quoting the Bible. Jesus got Himself quoting His own book, the Bible. We have a king. He has a book. All right. He says, have you not read that He who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And He said, so He's saying God said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now that is interesting. Jesus is quoting Scripture. And if you go back to the Old Testament, it's actually not God who said that. Who said that? Moses did. Moses is the one who wrote that down and said that. So what we see here is that Jesus is teaching us inspiration in the way He quotes the Scriptures. Jesus is saying that what Moses wrote down in the Old Testament that He's now quoting, which would have been a very well known and memorized piece of Scripture to the audience He was speaking to, He's saying, Moses didn't say this. God said it through him. There's an interchangeable nature there. This is where we see that Jesus Himself believed in inspiration. An even more astounding place is in Mark. Chapter 12, verse 36 through 37, Jesus quotes Scripture and He says this, David himself in the Holy Spirit declared. So Jesus is about to quote Psalms, but He tells you the idea of inspiration. Look what He says again. David himself in the Holy Spirit declared. And then He quotes Psalm 110 and 1. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under my feet. Now what I, wanted, I just want you to understand is we believe this is a special book and Jesus did too. And Jesus actually believed in the inspiration that we're trying to teach you today. That God used human authors in their humanity, preserving their humanity, preserving who they were, preserving their personalities. That was a part of the deal. And what Jesus says here is David, being fully himself, was also in the Holy Spirit and he declared the Word of God. That is inspiration at its finest. And that's Jesus Himself. So let's say today Jesus for a moment is our seminary teacher, right? And He's teaching us inspiration by telling us this is exactly how it works. So with all of that in mind, what we come to is this conclusion that the Bible is unique and special because it is fully inspired. Now I want to take just a few moments and tell you some other reasons, along with inspiration, why this book is like no other, and we should deeply love and cherish it and value it. So here at Three Circle Church when we talk about Jesus, we often say that it's impossible for you to believe that Jesus was just a good man or just a good teacher or just a good moral philosopher because He Himself claimed otherwise. So because Jesus over and over again claimed to be God and claimed to be the Messiah and claimed to be the king of the universe and among many other things, He simply made outlandish claims about Himself that if they were not true, then He was a liar, He made stuff up or, or crazy or evil, whatever you want to call it. But one thing's for sure, He should not be trusted if He wasn't telling the truth. Of course we believe Jesus was telling the truth. But it still remains this, this important fact. Jesus made claims that demand us deal with those claims. Right, Well, the same thing is true of the Bible. And that is why we say at Three Circle that the Bible is really the revelation of Jesus because it's Jesus on paper and Jesus is the Bible walking around. That's that's what we have here. And what you need to understand is like Jesus made outlandish claims about Himself that if they're not true, He's a liar. Guess what? The Bible makes claims as well. The Bible never says that it's just a good book. The Bible over and over again, over 2,000 times in the Old Testament, the Bible says this, thus says the Lord God. The Bible itself claims about itself that it's a holy book, a living book, alive, can do all of these things that it says that it can do. In fact, listen to 2 Peter one twenty one. It says, no prophecy, in other words, no scripture, was ever produced by the will of man. What this means is humans, humans wouldn't have done this. They couldn't have done this on their own. But men, so here's what did happen, and here's the idea of inspiration. Again, I'm giving you multiple places where inspiration can be found in the Bible. Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That's how it happened. That's how it happened. They were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Still them, still their personalities, but carried along by the Holy Spirit. The last thing I'll tell you that sets apart the Bible today, inspirationally, is the unity of it. The the thing that proves its inspiration is that it's unified. Listen, we are talking about 1,500 years of writing over 40 different authors and yet all of these books from different cultures, different times, different locations, different situations, different genres, they all are unified. They're not contradictory. It is cohesive in a way that is simply astounding, inexplicable how this could happen. But maybe the most Incredible thing about the Bible is that the entire Bible, 1,500 years, over 40 different authors, they're all writing about ultimately a person. A person who is so astounding that no human imagination, according to theologian John MacArthur, could have ever even thought him up. In all of human literature, you can look anywhere else in human literature, and you can see, if you want to know why I believe the Bible's inspired, all the reasons I've given you today are reasons to believe that. But one of the great reasons, maybe the ultimate reason, is the person that the Bible is pointing to is so astoundingly, inexplicably amazing and remarkable. According to MacArthur, there's just no way a human could have ever made him up. Because if you look at all the other characters we've made up in all of our literature, we've never made one up like him. There's just simply no precedent in literature for anything like Jesus and therefore anything like His book. There's just no other. And so today what I want you to understand, what that means for us is that if the Bible is fully inspired, there's nothing else like it, which means there could be good books, but there's no other Bible. The Bible has to be treated differently in our lives. That means that we should want to read it. If there is this book that's this special that holds the keys to eternity, then then shouldn't we want to read it? Shouldn't we want to know it? Shouldn't we want to study it? Well, that is exactly the point of the series. I want you to see the Bible differently than any other thing. No, No other book is like the Bible. Even some of the writers of the Bible wrote other things that didn't end up in the Bible. The Apostle Paul wrote other letters that were good and theological, but they didn't end up in the Bible like some of his letters did. Why? Because they were not inspired. Let me tell you something. I've never preached an inspired sermon, ever. I've preached sermons that tried to explain the inspired Word of God. But my words aren't inspired. Just a human trying to explain to you the inspired Word of God. And that's what we want you to understand today. From wherever you're tuning in, the number one thing we want today is for you to leave this time together understanding and believing the Bible is special there is no other book like the Bible. And we want you to value it. I heard a story about an old man who had a Jeep. Who was? It, it was a really classic Jeep. It was old. It was antique. He had it in a barn. And his granddaughter was going to go to college. She needed money to go to college. So the grandfather took the, the, the granddaughter out to the barn and he said, look, I've got this old Jeep. Took some pictures of it and all that good stuff. And they put it on a trailer, and he said, you and your, your dad and your family, y'all take it and see what you can get for it. Now, the grandfather knew it was worth a lot. He said, don't, let any, don't sell it until you run it by me first. So they took it to a couple of different dealerships who offered them very little money. They said, it's old, it's in bad shape, nothing can be done with it. They got numbers like $1,000, $3,000, but then they ended up going to a Jeep club. So it was a club where they looked at old Jeeps, and they valued them. And they offered them on the spot $100,000 for the old Jeep. And when the excited granddaughter came home, she realized her granddad had just paid for her college education. He smiled and he said, the problem with the people you took it to first is they didn't know what they had. They didn't know what was in their hands. They had no idea, so they didn't value it. But you finally found someone who valued it. May we be people who value the Word of God. And I can't think of a better example to show you than this. Years back, a group of underground church Chinese believers received a shipment of the Word of God. And this is what it looks like to understand what you have in your hands, to value the one and only inspired Word of God. 感谢主了这是我们叫做这个词的最需要的